This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Black Friday, Small Business Sunday, Cyber Monday, all made-up days designed to get you to buy stuff. Have you heard of Sell Your Shit Sunday? (laughs) It's a day to sell the stuff you don't use anymore. Created by Mercari. Mercari is the selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. You just take a few pics, add a description, and boom, your item is listed. Download Mercari and sell your shit today. The day may be made up, but the money is real. That's Mercari, M-E-R-C-A-R-I. First we started out recording Taking me places I ain't never been But now you're getting comfortable And doing those things you did no more You're slowly making me pay for things Your money should be handling And now you ask to use my car Driving all day and don't fill up the tank And you have the audacity to even come and step to me You ask to hold some money from me Till you get your check next week You're trifling trifling. Good for nothing type of brother Silly me Why haven't I found another A baller (laughs) When times get hard I need someone to help me out Instead of a scrub like you who don't know what being a man's about. Can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Can you chill? I don't think you do. So you and me are through. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I mean, the gossip according to Destiny's Child. Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. Uh, welcome back to Getting Grown with Jaden Kia. I'm Kia. I'm Jaden. We're back to talk about the scam that is adulting, the good, the bad, the ugly, the tested trials, the twisted turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being a real live adult in the year of our Lord, 2019. Almost done. Almost done. Um, yes, this what's up. Nothing. You know, uh, working hard and, 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 and try just doing the same thing that I, oh, hello. <laughs> Can I say hi? Yes, you may. Here. ASAP Noah. Okay, we'll put it in yours. Hi, Noah. Hi. How are you? Good. Are you being a good girl? Uh-huh. Oh, I like your shirt. Those are flamingos. <laughs> Thank you. Huh? And I got a Barbie dream house. <laughs> I heard about your Barbie dream house. It is so lit, as the young people say. I'm getting the Barbie camper. You are? Yes. Barbie is getting set up at your house, huh? With your little stitch teeth. All right. She going to have all your things. She, she, and already does. Tell Auntie Kia you love her. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. All right. Bye. Good night, Cookie. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, always, a, always a joy to welcome ASAP Noah to the table. I don't think we've had an ASAP uh, uh, interruption in quite some time. Noah, close the door. <laughs> Man, real life mommy, Ooh. live and direct. Girl, close the door. 
<laughs> she came back and pulled it like like literally like a half an inch. Oh, <laughs> Live and direct. Oh, you know, that's what my life has been. Welcome. <laughs> good morning. Hello. Good night. <laughs> How are you? I can't complain. Or I could, but it wouldn't make much of a difference. <laughs> Ooh, talk about it. Uh but you know, I'm all right. You know, life is life in, but I'm mm. adjusting and adapting and hanging in and doing the best I can. It's the height of conference season, and I am living out of a suitcase. Yes, you are. Are you living um, out your way? You know, I am. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, no one has stolen it. <laughs> uh, and But this conference is kind of like the conference. Conference is the conference where I go and show my tail. Yes. Not literally, but yes. this is the one. So oh, this is I'm the one. have to pull out the big, the big, the big dog. Yes. It's not a... I, this is more than a carry-on because yes. I have to have my looks. <laughs> Please. Look, my looks. I need looks. I need looks. But yeah, I will. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not going to be dealing with the business of, you know, trying to find travel size things. No. That's very fair. And I need all of my shoes. And, you know, it's the same. It's very fair. Um, very but fair. yeah, I am packing. I will be probably packing well into the night after we finish because <laughs> I get on a plane tomorrow to go across the country to Portland, Oregon. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, man, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. It's a busy, busy conference for me, but it's a good it's a good thing to be busy, right? The girls are asking you to be a part of things. Absolutely. So you got to show up, honey, with your lashes on and something to say. And I'm gonna try to have something to say. I'm very excited. This is is this the conference you were talking about the other week? Yes, oh, this is the conference I was the talking one. about the other week. Mm. Um doing the my favorite symposia ever. Um the one about, you know, black women retaining each other. Yes. The one where we're going to be talking about Team Typing Fast and other podcasts yes. and digital communities. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about that. I'm also going to be presenting a paper on my work. Mm. Um, on, like, all the ways that, you know, we've been approaching STEM education reform uh, wrong and, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and failing to kind of interrogate, you know, institutional systems of racism as they function in higher education. And, you know, we were talking about that and, and institutionalization and all kinds of, you know, all the meaty, nerdy things that bring me great joy and probably bring the rest of you to boredom. It's fine. <laughs> no, we're quite excited, actually. It's fine. I'm excited. i um, going to reconnect with some of my sister scholars and brother scholars and compatriots in the work. Compatriots. Uh, of higher education. I learned that word today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a wang dang doodle. We're going to have a good time. Shout out to all of my friends and colleagues who listen to the show. Um, hey, niggas. And I know, right? I'm always <laughs> floored and stunned when I'm in these, <laughs> you know, snooty tooty <laughs> academic spaces and someone comes up to me and say, hey, girl, I listened to the show last week. I'm for, like, oh, God. For what? I'm like a little embarrassed Like oh my god Don't tell anybody <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking but, about <laughs> And people are like Are you? I'd be like mm. no. <laughs> no I am not I don't know anything about Who's that Who's that? What's Is that? she pretty? Um, yeah but no 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 Real tea We are We're excited And this this You know I get I got a lot of emails After my petty peeve last week When I was talking about How mm-hmm. uh, How tough it is Being A person of color In predominantly white space So um, shout out to all of us who are out here holding it down as the sole voice of melanin. Yes, yes. I saw I saw um, a lot of responses too. I saw yeah, some in the email man. and and my DMs have been popping. Wow. People have been saying like, "Girl, you know, I see you. You see me. I feel seen." 
um, in the struggle. So yeah, just know that we out here, man, and and we're getting beat up, but it's worth it. And our DMs are so find. different. Are they? Yeah, mine be like. Well, mine, I mean, there's tr- there's foolishment in my DMs as well. Mine be like, Jade, you a fool. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of that in mine as well. Like, why y'all so stupid? (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, there's duality. Duality is a thing. I can be both intellectual and inappropriate. Shout out to Around the Way Curls. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, But yeah, let's let's get into the show. Oh, yes. Let's get on into this good old trash. Tie, tie, clean up woman, please. Oh, the trash is heavy today. I cannot wait. I could not wait to talk to Kia about it. <laughs> um, we'll start off by saying rest in peace to John Witherspoon. Oh, I know. Bang, 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 bang. I've been doing that in his honor, like Huey. all weekend. Huey, really? I just love it. I love him so much, and just eating up all the cereal, all the all the port. Uh, port God damn it! What is wrong with me? All the chitlins, all the hog mogs, all the collard greens. <laughs> so man, we are going to miss him. You know, he is a staple. The, I mean, he's a staple. So, but I'm glad that he was able to leave such like a just like a happy legacy. It it's been mourning, but it hasn't been heavy, if that makes sense, because there was so much to celebrate about him. Now I know it was a sudden passing. Um, and we're not sure what the, you know, what the cause of that is, but that's not even important. Like what John Witherspoon has been within the black community has been a joy and a pleasure. And so rest in peace to pops, rest in peace to granddad, rest in peace to what did, did Craig ever call him anything in the movie? Did he just call him dad pops? what did he call him? I don't think he, I don't remember him calling him anything. I don't remember him calling him anything either. But my favorite part, and it's one of my favorite parts because I have many, was like, put up your dupes. (laughs) Put up your dupes. You fight like a man. (laughs) (laughs) But you live to fight another (laughs) day. That's it. So good. And you know, Boondocks is one of my favorite shows of all time. In the very first episode where he was trying to tell the boys how to deal with white people, he was they were like, Granddad, you can't you can't overcome what did he say, white supremacy with cheese. He's like, white people love cheese. (laughs) (laughs) So rest in peace to John Witherspoon. Um in humorous news, Drake <laughs> was booed off stage at Clamp, uh, Camp Flognaw. Well, what in the world is that? It's a, it is a festival thrown by Tyler, the creator. Oh, my God. People have, everyone has a festival now. Everybody ha- but Camp Flognaw, I must say, from every time I've ever seen the lineup, it, is, it actually looks like a really good lineup. I've seen Erica on there. I've, Solange has been on there. Like It's almost like a little mini Afropunk. But he had Drake come out on stage. And let's be very clear here. The those who go to Camp Flognar are a bunch of entitled anti-establishment teenage white teenage assholes. Like they are just ah, they're a bunch of little it's probably the same little little ones who I saw when I went to that festival out in Queens. And they look like they still use quaaludes. But uh, <laughs> those are the ones who were booing Drake off stage. And do you know why? 
Why? Because they they thought Frank Ocean was going to be the surprise guest. <laughs> they were mad that it wasn't. <laughs> so Tyler, the creator, gave a whole thread on Twitter about how disappointed he is with the fans. And what's, what's interesting to see is that all of the black people, everybody I know who has seen that, nobody is like advocating for this booing. Like nobody was like, oh yeah, Drake deserves to be booed. While it is very fun to make fun of Drake. I am I am president and queen of the Make Fun of Drake Club. I still enjoy Drake. You know what I'm saying? Drake puts out a bop. Drake has done things in music. Like, we can't deny him of his talents and his theft, but of other cultures. <laughs> but his, appropriation. his appropriation and theft. But he's half white, so what do we expect? Um, but... I say all that to say it was just a bunch of entitled little assholes who were mad Frank Ocean didn't come out on the stage. I saw some of, some of these memes though are pretty pretty funny. Are they're um, actually hilarious? There's the one where Drake is like writing in a notebook or something, mm-hmm. and it says "Got booed for keeping it frank." <laughs> I mean, people are just we're just as a people. We're just hilarious. But, I mean, the talent knows no boundaries. The wit and the quickness. <laughs> I mean, we have just used... It's really like revolution. It's like comedy as resistance at this point. It really is. The ways in which we are able to make all things entertaining, you know, in order to survive. Did you it's see my like Harriet story? Beautiful. No, I didn't. They put Nicki Minaj's voice from Queen Radio on the background of the trailer for Harriet. And... That- that's probably something that I did see and just <laughs> tap right on through. Like, nope, 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 nope. I don't, because there's sometimes I just know what my capacity is, the bandwidth, when I know that it is exceeded. I just have to keep it moving, okay? It was old girl right Y'all are not going to worry my patience. Y'all are not. She was like, do you think Harry was motherfucking da 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 to oh, freedom? <laughs> okay, that's enough. Okay, I think I might have a small and slight contribution to the um to the trash. Okay, I might have already had it on there, but go ahead. I don't think you did because I don't know if you cared. Did did I? I know you didn't. Did well, maybe you did because you have a child. <laughs> did you watch um the Little Mermaid? Oh damn! No, I didn't. Did that come on? It did come Shit. on last week. What I will say is, you know. Dana, Queen Latifah played Ursula. The reviews that I've seen thus far all have been rave about her. She's yes. done a, man, a fantastic time, uh, fantastic job. She sung her face. She looked amazing. Mm. Um, but the whoever, the young lady that played uh, Ariel. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I mean. It was no bueno? I mean. <laughs> it was wretched and atrocious? I mean, it was full of dread. It was dreadful. <laughs> And I was literally stunned. I mean, because, you know, some people just like to stand for things because, you know, it's fun to get on Twitter and just, yes, with all the S's right. and yeah. the exclamation points. Of course, points. and the A's. But, you know, as someone who has, you know, I don't I don't deem myself a vocalist, vocalist. Right? I don't you know, know I why. Church. I sing at church for the Lord. You know, my gifts are given as unto the Lord. But I'm grateful that I can hold on to the note that is given to me. And I'm grateful for an ear that, you know, allows me to find my pitch and hope, girl. (laughs) Girl, don't do this. Either way. Ariel, our friend Ariel, whoever, I don't even say she was our friend, but the young lady who they have cast as Ariel. She sound like me singing. 
I mean, the, she was beneath, she was under, she was below the notes. And it was live. Mm. So, I mean, and I asked the person who suffers from vicarious embarrassment, I was just about underneath my couch, Tron. I was like, my God, somebody cut her mic off. Do I even need to watch this on the on demand? I'm I really want to see Queen Latifah. I'm going to find a clip. I mean, I do too. It is available on demand. I actually might cut it on while I'm finishing up my packing. Okay. Um, I'm going to find my friend Sean posted something on Facebook. And I'm going to try to send that to you if I can. Please. Because I just don't want you to. I don't want to be alone. One, one of you talented blacks, put together all the clips of, of uh, Dana <laughs> from the show so I can watch them in succession. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but I want you to also see. I want you to also hear. Because oh, yeah. I don't know, man. What does she sound was, like? Kylie I was Jenner? Disappointed. She sound yes. Yep, there we go. That's, that's actually worse than exactly, me. That's actually spot on, actually. We'll rise and shine. I mean, she was. I mean, you. I think she knew she sounded terrible because her face is. Her face was giving. Oh my god! <laughs> I am not getting through this. <laughs> I don't know what's happening I'm here. Failing. I feel bad for her because you know it was a moment for her. It was supposed to be her big break, Aww. and she just broke. Well, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you know, I wish I felt worse, but um, <laughs> it, well, in positive black girl news, Zendaya won two People's Choice Awards. All right, and let me tell you something. Mm. Looked good every doing time. It. I would venture to say that Zendaya has not missed. Has not all year. No, she has not. I'm looking forward to her looks at this point. Like, sh- and I don't even know who any of those other people are. But when I when I saw her come onto that red carpet in that good black gown, I mean, and that satin pointed remain impressed. shoe, I was like, you better give me looks, sis. And then she had that orangish, tonish, reddish lipstick. Oh, it just it was. Mm. I mean, nailed. I stand it. through and through. I stand thoroughly. I, I mean, I have no complaints. Not at all, Zendaya. Gets it right every time. She just gets it right. She does, and I'm. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm just happy to see it. I love. To I see love it. to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so she won for Spider Man and Euphoria, and she was Come absolutely on, gorgeous doing it. So collect your coin. We are, at, your at this award. point. This is a Zendaya Stan uh, podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we stand. we do. Mm-hmm. Um, a white woman in Walmart. Oh, Lord. Uh-huh. You already know those words and how they begin. They're, because they are filled. Walmarts are filled to the brim with white women. White, a white woman at Walmart called Trina the baddest. Uh, I did see that. A nigger bitch. And Trina did exactly Went what I off. needed her to do. <laughs> Say, it Say it again. <laughs> Call me a nigger bitch again. Say it again. I was like, go off, sis, with this ponytail. Give her the business. I mean, because I mean, sometimes I feel like they believe that we will not retaliate. How do you think you are going to say this to me in 2019 and I'm not going to snap off on you? What do you think? Let me tell you. See, you see how police brutality, all of this shit, this has empowered them. This nigga in office, this has empowered them to be able to do this stuff. And they are getting real bold with it. And y'all are about to learn lessons. You're going to learn lessons. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I, I do feel like there are ways to respond. And then I feel like there are ways to respond. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that yes. I don't know if, if, and I have to say this with all humility, full acknowledgement that I am not 
quite where I need to be in life Mm -hmm. or in my walk with Christ. Mm. But I can't (laughs) say that I would have handled the situation any differently than Trina the baddest bitch. I probably would have gone to jail. I don't know, man, because I I think, you know, it's really real. I don't put my hands on white women only because I know what that's getting ready to do to me, but I will go off on you. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't have handled it any differently, honestly. Yeah, I do feel like, I mean, because that, that, that was, I don't know. I feel like our response was sufficient. It was. And I, because I I think we have a lot to be mad about. And I think that there is, I just always feel like there is space for someone to express their rage in a way that it's not like, you know, Trina didn't hit nobody. No, she didn't. But I felt like she made her point. She did. <laughs> she did. And that woman said nothing in that video from what and I the saw. The point was well taken. Point from made. what I saw, the woman was cowering. Oh, yeah. She was trying to walk away. Oh, yes, because that's what they do real good. Yeah, you say, after they pinch done, me up after under they the table, started. but when I slap mm-hmm. the shit out of you, then it's a problem. Oh, yes. Oh, no, ma'am. After they've thrown the rock, they hide, they their hide hands. those hands, baby, up My under Lord. that table. <laughs> um, Lizzo was featured on British Vogue's cover. All right, girl, get your cover. Get your coin, sis. I'm happy for her. Um, I just wanted to shout her out for that. Carrie Absolute. Washington is producing the live recreation of Good Times. Girl, stop. With Jimmy Fallon and what? a white man named Justin Thoreau. Oh, wait, they're producing. Producing. Okay, Jimmy Fallon not about to be in it. But now. why are you pro- produce? Anyway, listen, I will let that white man if he want to fund the recreation guess, of good yeah, times. Right. I will spend his money. I know, but it, and it better I will not watch be. It. Well, I was gonna say it better not be coonish. I just have one question. Yes, ma'am. Carrie Washington. Mm. If you need somebody to play with Lona, <laughs> I will avail myself <laughs> because Willona Woods is an icon. She is someone I have yes. aspired to be. Forever. Because she always came through Did. with a look, Ooh, honey, from the boutique. Always and always. I mean, we could count on Walona, honey. She was always expertly accessorized. Her clothes were well fit. She was witty. I mean, I'm just a fan. <laughs> and she was and she was funny. She was funny and witty because she used to get bookmen together. Did. She was a single woman on the go. She was, you know, a career woman. And she did what needed to be done. And she was I she was. she was a, a, a I'm not gonna call her an activist, but she you know adopted yeah. a child and like did the work. You know what I'm saying? I stand a Walona Woods Do. and um you know Buffalo butt Buffalo butt. <laughs> uh, but yes, I I'm excited about this. You just let me know when it'll be on, and I will be perched and propped in front of my television. As soon as I find out, I will let you know. But it's happening, and uh, I I'm with this Walona Woods. I'm with this. I can play Florida because I too have no neck. So <laughs> I just, oh my god, me and Esther, sister. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I wanted to save this for the very end of the trash. Okay, mm. is it going to take me out? Yeah, you knew you you already know about it, but we had to. Mm. You know, it had to be discussed. It was almost <laughs> going to be a kitchen table talk. So, Ti, oh. Clifford, Clifford uh. got on uh, Blue uh. Ivy's internet and said, "I am." That he takes his daughter, Deja, to the gynecologist every year for her annual. And 
basically tells the doctor to hurry up and give him his results to make to ensure that her hymen is not broken. I paraphrase that, but that was what it was. I Clifford continues to exact like he continues to work my last very titty. Like he <laughs> continues to literally pinch the very nerve endings of my nipples. And first of all, that's not how hymens work. That's not how virginity works either. If we're going to be very clear, because it's it's a construct. Like that's not how virginity works. Now, if you're talking about her vaginal virginity, okay, whatever. It's still not how it works. But it is so disgusting the fact that he doesn't even view his daughter as a human enough oh, to give her the privacy that she deserves. As a woman coming up, I mean, there's just so many. There's so many layers of so wrong many here. It's hard to just dive into what you want to discuss. First, I, right? How many daughter hi, daughters hymens have you broken? How many I mean, people's daughters? I mean, have, there's so like, many. So many there's things. Just so much to say, but I will just for the sake of. I don't know. I have I, I said what I said my piece on Twitter when I first heard this and I decided mm-hmm. that I was not gonna keep talking about right. it because I feel for Deja. Mm-hmm. Because I said, you know, as I said on Twitter, imagine your father mm. taking to the internet mm. likely without your consent, your knowledge or consent. Because I mean, I don't imagine that this podcast where he was being interviewed shared questions with him beforehand or even if they did I just don't imagine and I could be wrong but I don't imagine that T.I. knew that they were going to ask him this question and that he knew he was going to give this answer but imagine if your father took to the internet without your knowledge without your consent or even if you did know about it whatever imagine your father telling your personal uh, business like discussing telling something discussing your body Mm. On the world wide web. Mm. Something that is so personal. Mm. Um, something, I mean, something that's so personal in terms of, you know, not only her being, uh, you know, just a, a, just being a woman, just being a human, a person. It's a personal space. It's her person. It's literally who she is. But it's whatever decisions that she makes with her body. Those are her choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. I mean, I I'm not going to say I get it. I take that back. I'm just saying, my mom went with me. She didn't ask about my hymen, but I can relate to my, my my parent being in the room while I was getting my annuals. Not necessarily when I was Deja's age, but it did happen. So I, I, I'm not going to say that I understand. I know that parents can be parents, and, you know, that comes with its own issues. Mm. Um, but I, and, you know, right, I think it's very odd. I think it's, but again, my mom is a woman, I mean, I could see, I don't want to say it, it makes sense, but like I could see a mother being in the space uh, more so, but your dad being in the space. Talking about give me, me my results. The way that he spoke about her like a piece of property and not like a person. But I mean, what, and and to, to, to disclose something like that on the internet so recklessly. I mean, I've heard that Deja has had to make her Instagram private. She did. Because what he did, what he did was make her a target. Exactly. Because niggas are up in her mentions and stuff asking her if they can pop her cherry now. Absolutely. And all kinds of crazy. What he did was make her a target. And I don't know if he had that kind of foresight or that kind of. Of course he didn't. He was just out here using words like he likes to do. And being irresponsible. 
Um, but as a father, as someone charged to protect um, and hold sacred, you know, mm-hmm. uh, your child, I just think it was a, a lapse in in common sense, a lapse in judgment. I mean, it was just, and, and it just like proves to me that even people... Oh God! And isn't that against I HIPAA think, compliance for that doctor to be absolutely. giving him his res, her results it anyway? Is, it is against it is HIPAA it is against HIPAA compliance. I think, but what I mean, it's just for him to be so and the way that he bragged about it is really what made my stomach turn, as if he had anything to do with it, as if you know what I'm saying. Like you said, as if you know a broken hymen means that you. I mean, or an intact hymen means that you're a virgin. Right. That's not how hymens work. Nope. Hymens um, nor virginity. Absolutely. If, if, so, if, 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 I, never mind. I'm not even going to say that. It's <laughs> just, it was just so much wrong, really. And I just, my heart just broke for Deja, mm-hmm. who I don't, I mean, even if she comes out and says that she was cool with it or whatever, I just know, I don't know. I just can't imagine being 19 years old and having someone else do something this reckless. Nope. Um, and just kind of like put you out there and make you vulnerable in a way. Someone who you trust, someone who is supposed to keep you safe would do something. Um, I mean, for their own gain. Because, I mean, he was out there acting like, I don't know. I said I wasn't going to talk about this. I like to get worked <laughs> up. But I just, it, it really, I just, my heart breaks for her. I pray for her. Um, and I mean, if she's okay, then that's wonderful. Um, but I mean... No, I think it's, and, and I, I just I just think it's disgusting because not even your daughter is your property. Nobody is your property, but not even your daughter is your property. Like your daughter is a human being. She deserves her privacy. She deserves some some respect on her name. She deserves for you not to be screaming her business out in the streets. And T.I. just don't think before he starts using all of the words that he learned in prison. And it's like, when are you going to stop talking this much because you are you are now it is not to the detriment of, of members of your family. Ugh, I'm just disgusted by it. But that's that. It's all bad. That's the trash. And oh, that's enough trash. We got a nice shout out to get to though, so let's do it. My sister's popping right now, like. Okay, I'm really excited about today's shout out. I do not actually know. Um, this woman personally, but I purchased one of her candles from a small uh, black owned shop in Brooklyn, which I'm really disgusted with myself that I don't remember the name of. (laughs) Um, I will, when I I go there frequently though. So when I go back, I'll be sure to get the actual name of it and shout them out as well. But I bought a particular candle, which is made here in Brooklyn called Ponty Wax. And I thought about using them as a shout out because I saw somebody on Twitter ask if anybody knew of black owned, small black owned businesses who make candles. So I purchased a Ponty Wax candle in wild orange because I like citrus flavors. I think they're super clean and they make me happy. It was amazing. It even blocked out the smell of my blunts. Like it was just (laughs) pleasant. (laughs) It was just super pleasant. And then she had a a lavender one, a apple and rose. But Ponty Wax is made by Shantae. 
Um, Ponty Wax is a line of scented hand-poured soy candles founded in 2015, made from 100% plant-based soy wax, and each candle features non-toxic fragrance and essential oils. There's no parabens, plastics, or additives included to Ponty Wax candles, making each burn pleasant and safe. And so Shantae actually grew up in Barbados. She was captivated with her family garden. The variety of homegrown flowers, herbs, and fruits delighted her, and she desired for the world to experience what she did. The joys of natural sense, and that's where Ponty Wax comes from. So you can actually find Shantae uh, on PontyWax.com, P-O-N-T-I-E, and I'll be sure to put that information in the description box. Make sure you all support. Um, she has no clue who I am, and I don't know who she is other than having purchased her candle. But it touched me so much that I wanted to shout her out. So. Shout out to you, Shantae. If you ever hear this, just know that I continue to support and I love what you do. And I'm doing this literally off the strength of having purchased this. So awesome. Um, that's pontywax.com. And I will like like I said, that information will be in the description box. Ow. Now we can move on to our kitchen table talk. Here's a harsh reality. Just because it's not warm out doesn't mean you don't sweat. Especially if you're layering like I do. And it's nothing for me to have on two pairs of pants and three shirts. And the next thing you know, I'm bucket of perspiration. Sim, Sim. So even though you might be making changes to your beauty routine this winter, using more moisturizer, um, you know, toning, exfoliating, all kinds of things to protect yourself from the harsher, more colder uh, winds, there are some things um, that you need year-round, like deodorant child. So, aluminum-free coconut <laughs> deodorant from Kapari is what, what, what we're discussing today. Um, Kapari's coconut deodorant is a cleaner alternative to traditional deodorants. It's aluminum-free, vegan, and doesn't contain silicones, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, or baking soda. Instead of using questionable ingredients you probably don't want on your body, Kapari's deodorant keeps you fresh with plant-based actives like sage oil and coconut oil. And since you Ooh. and since you're <laughs> never going to not need deodorant, okay? Say that again. Since mm -hmm. you are never going to not need deodorant, Kapari's made it so you never have to run out. You can subscribe and get deodorant automatically shipped to your door as often as you choose and for the free. Kapari offers a money-back guarantee. So if you've been thinking about switching to a cleaner deodorant, this is the best way to do it. I'm a big fan of Kapari because I love walking mm. around smelling like a Tahitian treat. Mm -hmm. uh, especially in the summer because people don't expect you to sound like a Bahama babe, smell like a Bahama Bay breeze <laughs> in November. Um, I'm a big fan of Kapari. I get a subscription, so it literally comes to my mailbox when I need it. I don't have to contend with CM, um, CM. With the with the commercial deodorants in the store, I get to smell fresh. Um, it is it is so convenient. It's travel size, travel compliant. I have no complaints. Um, go to kapari.com slash grown to get fifteen percent off your monthly subscription orders. That's Kapari K O P A R I Beauty dot com slash grown. Kapari slash grown. Fifteen percent off. All right, y'all. It's time to convene. Uh, and commiserate around the kitchen table. Commiserate. Um, commiserate. It would be alliterative, but uh, convene and commiserate start with the C and kitchen table starts mm. with the K. But yes, I mean, you got the sound either way. <laughs> um, I want to have this conversation. Jade sent me this article um, and it just a couple of days ago. And ironically enough. Um, I had a conversation with a mentor of mine a little earlier today because, um, you know, I've had uh, a rough couple of days and, you know, just, you know, 
truth is, I'm tired. Mm. Um, I'm I've been true. dealing with some, right. I mean, a mood. <laughs> and um, just kind of uh, in kind of talking with her through some of the things that I've been feeling, she brought to my attention that she was like, you know, I told her when, when we first talked, I was like, you know, I've just been feeling a little discouraged and disappointed at some news that I gotten recently and just trying to, you know, gotten t- just feeling tired and overwhelmed trying to think through how I'm going to navigate this situation. And the more I kind of talked about what I was feeling, she she just kind of really laid it out on the line for me and was just like, you know, what I think, you know, you're being hard on yourself, which is not new. You know, I get that a lot. Um... But she said, I, I fear for you that you're going to hit a wall. Mm. You've been burning the candle at both ends for a long time. And then she asked me a very, very simple question that I did not have the answer to. Mm-hmm. And she said, what do you do for rest? Mm. And I was like, well, you know, I try to get my Z's. You know, I go to bed. Uh, you know, I don't always <laughs> sleep through the night, but I try to get in the bed, you know, at least once. <laughs> try to get in the bed and stay in there for a few hours at least once daily. <laughs> And she was like, no, girl, that's not what I mean. What do you do for rest? And then, you know, as she saw me struggling to answer the question, we said we started to have a conversation about rest and what it really means. Um, And I've learned and this is not new to me. I've had, you know, therapists suggest this to me and other people that I've worked with or talked to. People just kind of say, you know, you need more rest. And I'm like, girl, I mean, everybody needs more rest. We all grown. Mm Um, Mm. But when I really sit and think about it, I realize that rest, as I've been thinking about it, is, you know, a little bit more complex, Mm -hmm. uh, a phenomena um, than what I've been considering or how I've been considering it. Um, So I thought we could have a conversation about rest as as black women, women of color, what it means to us. Um, what it what you know, whatever challenges we might have around it, what where that comes from, what that might be steeped in, and how we might work through it and actual cultivate actually cultivate healthy practices, um, of of really real and true rest. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna ask you, sis, do you have a rest regimen? Do you have um certain things that you that you do in order to rest and replenish? You know, that's not my strong suit. <laughs> but um, it, what I've been doing recently is that, you know, I make myself a to-do list. I know I keep talking about working for myself, but this is an adjustment. So y'all mm-hmm. going to adjust with me. <laughs> so... Um, Initially, I was, you know, I was talking, I was like, all right, I'm going to get up, I'm going to be productive, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to get this done. And, you know, as soon as they leave, I'm going to do this, I'm going to give myself a couple of days to go back to sleep and sleep in, and then I'm not going to do that no more. And I I operated like that. And I was tired still, (laughs) like still with everything that I'm doing, I was still tired. You know, I'm getting, I'm knocking things out. And the article that Kia brought out that I sent over to her, will it will be sure to definitely link in the description box, is a Harper's Bazaar uh, article, um, which is basically a conversation between Ebony Janice and Rachel, uh, Rachel Cargill. And they it's titled, Rachel Cargill Wants Black Women to Take a Nap. <laughs> so anyway, that's getting off. That's not answering your question at all. No, it's, it's <clears throat> carry on. So what I've been doing lately 
is I still make my to-do list and I still set a schedule for myself. But when I feel myself getting tired, if I'm tired and I know that I'm exceptionally tired, I make adjustments in those schedules so that I can lay my ass down and take a 30 minute nap so I can close my eyes. And I found that to be super helpful, especially staying up late and recording and all of that. It helps me to be able to just literally close my eyes for about 30 minutes. But it's not even always about like actual physical naps and going to sleep. Um, but you know what? Before we even get into that, same question for you. Um, I don't have a rest <laughs> regimen. I need one. Mm-hmm. Um, same. <laughs> I, I as the article that you sent kind of um, talked about unpacked for me really nicely. Um, I learned that this is something that is common to Black women, women of color. We've been kind of socialized and trained, mm-hmm. um, and you know, raised up in a system that has considered us. Uh, both uh, labor and um, like we're responsible for reproducing and and for labor. Mm -hmm. So we not only are the workforce, but we create the workforce. Mm -hmm. We sustain the workforce. Mm -hmm. And that double duty is something, um, you know, through through slavery, it's something that's been passed down to us generation to Mm. generation. And... um, you know, really sitting with that and what that really means and seeing the ways that that's manifest and demonstrated. I grew up in a household um, and Rachel talks about it in the article um, where I, idle sitting was frowned upon, mm-hmm. where where sleeping in was not something that was tolerated. Mm-hmm. It, I did not grow up in a house where even on Saturday mornings you can lay in bed and watch TV the expectation was, you know, you were up and you were doing something Cleaning, because there's correct. always yep. something to be done. Um, it's even depicted in movies and TV shows with absolutely. black families where it's like, get up. It's time to get up. Why is it time to get up? <laughs> right. Um, where, you know, that kind of uh, that kind like that, you know, having nothing sitting around leisurely. Um, luxuriating or even just sitting yeah um was deemed a luxury um was was deemed something that that rich people do that wealthy Mm. people do there's always something to be done around here you don't have the um you don't you don't have the the right you know what i'm saying it was disrespectful for me to sit and do nothing when i see everyone around me is working Mm -hmm. um so i think that that was very much been ingrained in me to the extent that i live in this house by myself mm-hmm. ain't nobody in here but me and maurice yep. and i still carry around that guilt and shame of if i come home from work you know regardless of whether or not i've been there for eight hours or 12 mm-hmm. <laughs> and if i come <laughs> home and i and i do nothing but sit up in here and watch greenleaf that i can go i go to bed saying dang i could have done this i should have done that mm-hmm. um um and really really uh, not, not. I mean, failing to recognize um, the importance and necessity and utility mm-hmm. of rest, mm-hmm. and it, even when you're when you're not actively engaged in an activity, the act of rest is something that is like like um, I was saying earlier, like I read in this article, something that is re- that that. Is replenishing mm-hmm. that allows you time to reflect. It allows you time to kind of reorganize and recalibrate and and think about what your next move is. And these things count, and they are a part of the cycle. Yeah, um, they are they are essential. So I've been 
you know, the more that I've kind of gotten into this, this article among other resources that are available on the internet and otherwise I'm realizing um, how I have not been honoring um, my body, mm-hmm. my mind um, in, in terms of cultivating spaces of rest and restoration. Yep. Um, and I fully own it now. And, you know, now that I know where it comes from in terms of I, I uh, in terms of the things that are inside of me that keep me from doing it, I have to kind of fight back. Yeah. Um, and be intentional about creating those spaces um, because, you know, I've worked all year long mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that for points. I'm not saying that because. I, I think that that makes me special because, you know, I recognize that everybody works and I don't feel like I work any harder than anybody else. But I've been working toward a, a specific goal, working toward doing certain things. Mm-hmm. And I've been so focused in that direction. And I was I said this earlier, I was putting away some summer clothes last week and I picked up my bathing suits and I realized that I've not worn a bathing suit all year. Mm-hmm. I've not gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. I've not, you know, I've not went to the beach mm-hmm. I didn't go to the pool there was I didn't do anything all throughout the summer and now I've looked up and the year is gone mm-hmm. um and when I think about that you know that was not something I intended to do but it just kind of happened um without because because I wasn't intentional about it mm-hmm. um so now that I know that I have to find ways to do it, and I felt like I don't have enough money to go on vacation like I I look at my bank account and I'd be like girl you you I could use that money for other things and but but I do need to just give myself a break Mm -hmm. um because I really really am feeling the impact now of burning the candle at both ends Mm -hmm. um and I have to really really regroup and get this together because it's not sustainable the article even brought out how that um when when janice and rachel were talking they were talking about how if they looked in the backpacks or the bags of the majority Mm -hmm. of their peers it was going to be an academic book it's not even they're not even reading like we're not even weird let me say we're we're not even reading for leisure because yeah there's we don't have any concept of play no not at all We're, we're and we feel guilty when we're not doing something at all times, mm-hmm. I was it was either I think it was Rachel who said her father came in. Her, she was visiting her parents and her father came in her room at like 7 p.m. And was like, what are you doing? Why are you sitting out? Like, what you doing? And she's like, it's seven o'clock. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Right. <laughs> and we're made to feel guilty. There was a mention of and I've read it, actually, the black woman's role, role in the community of slaves written by Angela Davis. So like Kia mentioned, this is. This like this is history. You know what I'm saying? This is our this is where this comes from. We've never been allowed to rest. Because if we weren't working, then we were working making babies because we mm-hmm. needed to add to the community in some way or another whether that was helping to populate where they had more slaves or you know even if you you bring it up to more current times where it's like we need to procreate because we need to do this to build the community and so forth and so on. We're not allowed to literally just take a break. So it's really actually very frustrating. But they also mm-hmm. mentioned another um, another a ministry called the Nat Ministry. Did you see that? Oh, my that? gosh. 
I'm so intrigued by that. Okay. Because I feel like I have been gifted. <laughs> I think if when the Lord was handing out spiritual gifts, he gave me the gift of the nap. Mm. Yes. It is something that that I mean, I I mean, I say this when I was it was something that I thrived in as a child, you know. Mm-hmm. kindergarten preschool mm-hmm. my mother my teachers would always tell my mother that I was not one of those children who you know was they had a hard time getting to to lay down and mm-hmm. take a nap and to this day if given the opportunity to nap I will take it <laughs> and run I'm telling you it's so good to me I get it from my grandfather my grandfather takes naps I tell you he'd be like I was sleeping so good I had to get up and rest <laughs> Listen, that is a word. <laughs> that is a word. Because sometimes you have them naps where you are exhausted when you get up. You're like, I was sleeping so hard, I'm actually tired. Yes. Oh, Dana, but, that's a that's a Dana, that's a word. <laughs> I mean, the gift of the nap, I feel like, but I have I have um I have not allowed myself to operate in my ministry gift of the nap because it's something that I have shamed myself for. It's something that I don't feel like I deserve. But I will say this. I'm going to do better. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that there is great power in rest. But I think the nap ministry, not to, I don't want to make light of what, of the work that the young lady is doing because it is, it is, um, it's real it's work. It's amazing work. It's real work. It's talking about like kind of reclaiming rest. Yes. Um, for a people who have been socialized to believe that um that sleeping is it's not something that we deserve. Rest is not something that we we deserve. And in compromising rest, you compromise the dream space and how much yep. Um, yes. spiritual renewal happens mm. when we rest mm. how much so so uh, it's what a are resistance the things, yes so naps as acts of resistance mm-hmm. resistance to capitalism that has oppressed us and commodified our bodies mm-hmm. um and and thinking about it um as a spiritual practice yep i mean when i think about it like as as a christian like Jesus napped. Jesus rested. There were times in the Bible where, you know, he was found sleeping. <laughs> and I think that that says so much. Like, you know, to me, it's like, yo, if, if, it's, and especially like when things was going on, Jesus was like, you know, all right, I'm just going to go down here and, you know, give me. You know, all right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, that, but I'm saying, uh, you know, that the article, um, the, the, Nap, the napministry.wordpress.com you guys should check it out mm-hmm. but this woman is going around the country um i think she's based in atlanta yeah um, so it's so basically it says the nap ministry is a meditation on naps as resistance it's an artistic mm-hmm. historical and spiritual examination on the liberating power of naps it reimagines why rest is a form of resistance and shines a light on the issue of sl- sleep deprivation as a justice issue it is okay. counter narrative to the belief that we are not all doing enough and should be doing more. We are community centered. We are focused on radical self care, and I I'm all the way here for it. I actually want parts. Um, I do because I mean on the on the website this quote really because uh, at first I was like oh man this is a joke but the more that I read it it kind of like you know re- it kind of got me together. 
uh, naps are a holy place, mm. spiritual practice, mm -hmm. and a form of resistance for those living in the margins, navigating racism, poverty, violence, and discrimination. What could happen if we were allowed the space to rest? What dreams and innovations could have been produced? How can we capture what was lost? Mm -hmm. um, so just thinking about... And I mean, when I was talking to my mentor earlier, she was talking about the cycles of life. And she said, like, even plants and seeds mm -hmm. have a period of rest before they produce. Yep. And if that rest is compromised, then what was put in the seed in terms of what it was supposed to become, and how it was supposed to grow, yep. it was it, it won't it won't bloom to its fullest potential because the rest was compromised. So she was like, what you're doing is you think that you are missing out on opportunities mm -hmm. by resting when in fact you are compromising your opportunities You're doing by yourself not a resting. disservice exactly and she was like you are the gift you are what what it is like whatever you know has been put in you that's what the work is it's yep. you and if like on the airplane if you don't put on the mask first and take care of yourself first, then all the work that you're doing out in the world, mm -hmm. you know, if it ain't no me, ain't no podcast. If it ain't no me, ain't no, uh, ain't, ain't no work that I'm doing, That's you know, it. professionally. And as far as my research, ain't no team typing fast, ain't no none of that. If I am not in the space where I am, you know, working at my optimal peak quality. So after conference season, as conference season starts to wind down, it is my intention to incorporate a day of rest per week good um and really really what i'm gonna try to do um is try not to try to really manage um the guilt and shame around like you know i want i'm going to work to eliminate it <laughs> but i don't know that i will be able to do that right away so i'm going to try to manage it by having accountability partners mm -hmm. and you know, scheduling my rest with other people so that, that y'all can hold me accountable to it. Um, you know, I saw some really dope tips, um, like scheduling uh, sleepovers at your friend's house where they take your devices. So that mm. would probably be, be me going to Keisha's house and her keeping my laptop. And she with will. Her. And she will. Mm -hmm. um, so those <laughs> those are the kinds of things that we can do. Planning, planning. So and then uh, I saw another thing on the internet about how we have to be careful because if we're not careful, even our restful moments will become work. Because she was uh, the young lady I was reading a blog about um, incorporating restful practices into your life, and she was like, you know, I decided I was going to have, um, you know, some friends over, and we were just going to hang out. Um, she was like, but before I knew it, I had made that an event. I was cooking, I was shopping, I, yep. I had to clean the house once they were gone. Wow, I feel seen. And exactly. <laughs> and I, I was like, that's Jade, but it's okay. I was cooking for our rest night. I, that, our rest night was, was was me working all day so that we would have food and me cleaning up the day after. Mm -hmm. um, so she was like, you know, working to circumvent that, you know, uh, everybody put in, you know, $20 into a pot um, and ordering in mm -hmm. or going to restaurants, um, those kinds of things. We have to be intentional because if we're not careful, that kind of tendency to work or to make things work will sneak up on us and our capacity to multitask. So like me thinking that a lot of times I'm like, I'm taking a day off, but then I find myself answering comments on mm -hmm. Instagram, making Instagram posts. And I'm like, it doesn't feel like work because I enjoy doing those things. Mm -hmm. But when I think about it, I'm not resting. Right. 
You're not so, resting your brain. And that's the thing. It's about resting your brain. It's not always just about resting your body. It's about resting your brain, like giving it a, a chance to take a break, reading something that you enjoy. Um, and if you want a, if you want a reminder, a radical reminder that's going to help you. And the the woman that we spoke of from the Nat Ministries is actually Trisha Hershey Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's deconstructing how class and racism are impacting people's ability to take breaks. Put that on a post-it note. Anytime you feel guilty about yeah. getting ready to take a break, uh, taking a mental break, taking a physical break, taking an actual nap, whatever you choose to do to get your rest and you feel guilty about that, think about the fact how it is classist and racist for you to mm. not be able to have that, that right to have that break. Right. As, as radical as that may sound. Uh, Rachel uh, mentioned in the article how important, like, you know, just kind of really thinking about how deep these things are kind of, mm-hmm. you know, ingrained into us. Talking about this notion of like working hard ensures your success. Yeah. Um, and that kind of notion of like meritocracy that if everybody works hard, they can have the same success and how that is fundamentally a lie. Yeah. Right. Uh, how like slaves were socialized to work mm. hard and that they would have success. Yep. Um, to, to slave masters who did not do anything, mm-hmm. but, but had success, you know, just, just by virtue of who they are and the identities that they carry. So thinking about, um, what these kind of commitments to just kind of grinding and grinding, 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 what that says about what we believe about mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, and, you know, thinking about how working, 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 um, to that extent, oftentimes precludes us from working efficiently right? and thinking about ways that we mm. can, you know, work smarter and not harder. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot here and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can continue this conversation, Absol- but I'm, I think we should I'm, actually implement black women self-care again. We should. Cause that was so raggedy. It was, but <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. part of it is, a fa- but part of it is real and it speaks to this entire kitchen table talk. We stopped doing the segment because we didn't take care of ourselves. So it was like, all right, well, I have a segment about something that I'm not doing. So maybe part of that accountability is us doing that segment and that make so that we are ensuring that we are taking those moments to take care of ourselves because we're going to break down. And I'm guilty. Let's be clear. Just because I talked about taking naps now and I don't I don't do that every day. I am very guilty of. All right. I got to wash dishes. I got to mop the floor. I got to go sort Noah's clothes. She grew out of this. I got to go organize her drawers. Okay, I got to record the podcast. Let me get the stuff together for the podcast. All right. I got the cooking show coming. Let me go ahead and put this together. This proposal is like it's it's constant. And then, you know, also doing things for other people like it's constant. And I'm not I'm not good at it. (laughs) I'm just trying to get good at it. So I think we should implement black women self-care again so that we can hold each other accountable in this getting grown community. And then also maybe hear from the listeners. What did you all do? And we can read some black women self-care every week. Amen. Or black people self-care because we want to continue to hear from our GGBs. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. But yeah, this is this is a good chin check for me. Uh, I felt called out uh, and called to right, yes. so not necessarily just like called out in terms of shame, 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 but called, called to in. action. Yes, yes, called in, <laughs> called to action. Hotep, hotep, hotep. You know, in terms of making some changes. So if this is something that 
uh, resonated with you in any way, shape, form, or fashion, um, and you want, wish to join the conversation, we would love to, like Jay said, hear mm-hmm. of the ways that you are incorporating rest and restoration back into your life. What is your rest regimen? What would you like it to be? Um, Send us your rest regimens. We're going to read them next week. We're going to read them next week. And we're going to have a Black Women Self-Care segment next week as well. Yes, we are. Um, And we can think about what that's going to look like in terms of rolling that back in to our regularly scheduled programming. But I think I think we can head on to the honesty box now. Absolutely. And we'll be sure to also link this um, article in the description box. Absolutes. Let's go. Getting in shape isn't just about losing weight. It's about feeling better about yourself, whether that means having more energy to keep up with your busy life, fitting into those gold jeans, being more in tune with your body's needs or practicing better self-care. Noom is a habit changing solution that helps users develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. With Noom, no food is good, bad, or off limits. Instead, Noom teaches moderation by helping you track meal habits, visualize portion sizes, and see calorie density at a glance. It can even be used in conjunction with many pre-existing popular diets. So I told you all, my goals are all about staying balanced. And I also realized recently I need to move my body more. So I'm trying to get into my yoga and into my fitness. That doesn't mean that I want to go crazy and eat lettuce and lemon juice. But (laughs) I would like to have a balanced diet and have a little workout regimen. So I'm, you know, I just so that I can feel better. So I can chase my child around. So should I choose to have another one? You know, I'll be ready for you. (laughs) You don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash grown. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash grown to start your trial today. That's Noom.com slash grown. The last weight loss program you'll need. This time of year, it's easy to fall off track when it comes to your health, wellness, and fitness routine. As the holidays approach and things start getting busier, find balance and stay healthy with care of. They make it easy to get the right vitamin supplements and protein powders for your specific needs. Whatever your goals are, care of helps you build and stick with a plan that's right for you. Take a short, fun five-minute quiz and answer easy questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health needs. Then you'll get a research-based recommendation with the vitamin supplements and or protein powders you need based on your personalized quiz results. Your care-of order gets shipped right to your door in convenient daily packs, perfect for a busy on-the-go lifestyle, and you can modify your subscription at any time. Care-of ensures only the highest quality products, and they make it easy uh, to see where they source their ingredients from. Vegan and vegetarian supplement options are also available. So y'all know that um, I'm always on the go. And I really love that with care of, um, I can just literally lay out what my um, health and wellness goals are, the things that I'm working on um, in my in my quiz. And they will send me a little personalized packet with my name on it that I can literally throw in my purse or my carry-on and take my vitamin and vegamin. Uh, whenever I need to, I don't have to contend with all those bottles and trying to, you know, get all the vitamins into the little old people pill packs. No, care of just <laughs> takes care of me. Um, and I'm really a little box that pops up. Right. I'm really appreciative <laughs> because they're already sealed. I don't have to worry about pills being on the bottom of my bag. It really is just a win. Um, for 50% off your first care of order, all you got to do is go to take care and enter grown 50. That's take careof.com and the code grown50 for 50 whole percent off your first care of order. Honestly, truly. 
All right, let's get into this honesty box. Let's give her a pseudonym. Um, oh, she gave herself one. She calls herself the people pleaser. Oh, so okay, we'll call her TPP. <laughs> hey, Dr. Key and Dr. Jade by association. Thank yeah, you. I like to claim my degree. Go ahead. You're damn right. Thank you for putting some respect on my name. Uh, praise the Lord, niggas. Love you ladies in the show, but I need your input advice on something. I recently had a meeting with my supervisor just to talk about how I was doing for the quarter. I was told I was significantly exceeding expectations. Team typing fast over here. Yes. <laughs> After she told me how I was doing, she asked me if I would be interested to cross train for a different department to help them out. Me being me, a people pleaser, I said, sure. My supervisor was happy. I said yes, but specifically told me that if at any time I felt I didn't like it to let her know. I started cross training this past Monday and today I literally had a panic attack and just broke down. That's not good. I'm not happy. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just not comfortable. I understand that this may be normal for learning anything new, but I've never experienced it in the past and I just ultimately felt that it wasn't for me. I emailed my supervisor my feelings, but also told her that I would like to give it an additional week to see if anything would change, just to give it an honest try. She calmed me down and agreed with giving it another week, but also said that the department really needs people because they've lost a few. In the past, they'd asked me to help out, other, help out another department, and I said yes, and three days into it, my manager asked me if I was happy or was it too much, and I was honest and said that it was too much. That was that, and there was no issues, but this time it's really affecting me. I don't want to waste anyone's time with training me if I'm not feeling it when they can get someone else who would be a better fit. But I also want to help out because it would look good for me and I want a promotion to the second level of my position. I had to reassure myself a million times that it's okay to say how I really feel. I'm not going to lose my job and my supervisor told me to tell her if I wasn't happy. I just don't want to be looked at negatively and I don't know if I didn't say anything. The only person who would lose in the situation is me. I don't know why I have such a hard time advocating for myself, but I refuse to suffer in silence. How would you ladies have gone about the situation? Did I do anything wrong? Sorry this was so long. You ladies keep being amazing and thanks for the help. TPP. TPP. So let me just recap. Um, she spoke up for herself and said that additional responsibilities that she had agreed initially agreed to take on from her boss mm -hmm. were too much. Yep. Um, and now she's worried because she don't like it, and that she does she does not want to continue to do it. She's worried that I guess <laughs> reneging on her initial agreement will uh, will affect the promotion, affect affect her promotion. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um. So. Okay. So I I think ideally, well, I'm gonna just say not ideally, but just it's it's best to. I think this is an, a dope lesson to learn mm -hmm. um, about, you know, what happens when we um, kind of make decisions from a hasty place of people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this would make me kind of question where that people pleasing, where that where that is, what that's rooted in. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and having experienced this before, I, I can say that. Um, I know that it's because of my insecurities or feeling like, you know, I need to um, or that my value is, is attached to, uh, you know, others approval mm -hmm. of, of me and wanting to keep them happy. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that this is an awesome lesson to learn. Um, and 
So I think because of that, either way, you know, I don't think this is going to be a lose. Um, I think your promotion, if I'm, if I remember correctly, like you were offered the promotion, was she offered the promotion in connection with this additional responsibility or she was offered the promotion because she performed really well? She was performing really well. And so it wasn't a a promotion. They asked her if she would cross train for a different department. Um, her supervisor asked her, but told her to let her know if she didn't like it. And then I guess, you know, she realized she didn't like it, but she also didn't want to disappoint. And she finally told them that she didn't like it. But now she's like having a panic attack about the fact that she says she didn't like it. Um, and I, and I, I'm what I, from what I'm understanding is that she also, uh, it's a better opportunity for her to be able to get to the second level of her position. So if she continues to do this work that she yeah, don't like, yeah. Um, but does that suggest that she would have to continue to do this work she doesn't like in the better position? Well, I would think not if your supervisor told you. So, TPP, if your supervisor told you, let me know if you are not liking this position, if this is too much for you, then you're doing yeah. what she asked. Right. So I, and I, I think I think we can get really it's easy for us to kind of, you know, think that people are not meaning what they say. Mm hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Or that there is some sort of catch or, you know, some kind of duplicity around these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But when it boils down to it, if I'm a manager um, and I and I ask you to do something and I give you an out and you take it, then I can't be mad at you for taking it. I think it's completely fair. Like you were truthful. You were honest and. Um, you know, if we have record and knowledge, knowledge and record that you were given this option mm-hmm. to let her know, then I mean, she I don't think she could then hold that against you. No, I don't know that I would have handled this situation any differently. Mm-mm. Um, I mean, I probably would have done the same be, thing. I think so. Because I mean, I, I, I don't I don't think that anybody should have to do work that they don't like to do. No. Especially, you know, you, you've been given an option. This is not something that's a part of your position. This was something that was additional. You've been performing really well. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think that you've handled the situation poorly. Not at all. Um, I think that there. this is an awesome lesson um, around your people pleasing for you to kind of speak up. And I think that you handled it, handled it appropriately. Um, so kudos to you. That's one thing I've been noticing with a, lot, a common thread with a lot of people that I know. This is the season of learning boundaries. So, mm-hmm. you know, this might just literally be a self lesson to you, like to continue to speak up because you did that. You did what, you, you know, now you're having anxiety around it, but maybe next time you're able to do it and not, you know, feel guilt behind, behind it because you are speaking, you're setting your boundaries. And that's something we all need to do, whether that be in a job or what have you. And that does not to say like you're given responsibilities and then, you know, they tell you that you need to do this and you're like, well, I'm setting my boundaries. I'm not going to be doing this. Right. <laughs> that's not what that means. But if you have if you take this particular situation or something along these lines where somebody has said, listen, we'd like for you to try this out. If it doesn't work, please let us know. Then let them know and don't feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's the long and the short of it. And I know that's easier said than done. But maybe this is the season that we are all supposed to be really implementing, setting our boundaries. That's what I really feel. That seems to be like a really like a thing that I'm noticing. Setting your boundaries and asking for what you need. Yep. And I'm um, bad at that. 
I'm really I'm learning bad that. At that. Yeah, I am learning and getting better. Like I had a a, a paper due for this conference, mm-hmm. and I literally emailed my discussing was like, listen. Um, if you want this paper to be good, <laughs> I need, I need an extra day. I need, you know, I need to get this to you, you know, this day as opposed to this day. Mm-hmm. And I was nervous about sending it, thinking it would be a poor reflection of me. And when I tell you that lady wrote me back so quick and was like, sis, don't nobody want to read no trash. I need it to be your best work. So if you need some extra time, go on and take it. See, it was it was not. I mean, she didn't think it was like she was like I, she was like, this is what we need. I mean, having been a discussant, having to have, you know, been a discussant. I agree. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to read. I can't give good feedback on a paper that's not fully formed or it's not at least a complete no. draft. So there's no need in rushing. And sending me something that's not going to... If you would have waited until, you know, after it was due to say something that's different. Mm-hmm. But asking for what you need in a timely fashion is is, is professional. Yep. It is responsible. Yep. It is what adults do. So setting boundaries, asking for what you need, yep. you're operating within your... You set a boundary, you're operating within the realm of what your supervisor asked you to do and how she asked you to do it. So I think you handled it. You know, like a boss. And sometimes we anticipate and build up in our heads and make things bigger than what they actually are or what the results are going to be. Like, we don't want to ask because we anticipate this, like, (laughs) earthquake of somebody coming down on your heads and telling you that you're a failure and no, and you're fired. But that's... That's not realistic. And look look at the situation with Kia. She was like, I don't want to ask this lady. And then she asked. And it's like, girl, do what you need to do. Sometimes it's... You know, we build things up in our head and we got to we got to get out of our own head spaces. So, yes, um, TPP, like Kia said, we don't think you did anything wrong. Uh, Please keep us updated with the results. Are you going back to your old department? What's going on? Are you going to get what you need? Are you going to be able to get out of this position? What have you? Are you still going to get your promotion? Keep us updated. Continue continue to send your honesty box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. And let's get on over to these petty peeves. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. It's time for the petty peeves. Oh, yes. It is time. And Kia has a healthy petty peeve this week. And I will go after. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. So as you know, like I said, like I've said several times at this point, I am conferencing. Um, this last conference my organization hosted and I was working in different capacities. So I wasn't necessarily, you know, presenting our work as much as, you know, you were the conference host. There were different things that you had to do administratively. So there was a, mm-hmm. p- a point of the of the day where I was like manning one of our tables that has, you know, a lot of our deliverables, you know, items, things that we've published. We were also kind of selling some T-shirts and some other kind of conference memorabilia those kinds of things oh wow they do that i did not even know that was a thing uh well this was kind of like you know one of the organizations was celebrating an anniversary so they just had some kind of thing you know it was kind of like a merch yeah so um we were you know there was like a video all things i was kind of manning the table during my assigned time to do so and i was approached by a conference attendee um who i now know approached me not because of my role or my position, but because I was a black woman in the space. A mm. black woman in the space that clearly worked for the organization that was hosting or one of the organizations that was hosting. And this woman, as well-intentioned and pleasant and polite as she might have been, 
approached me and shared that, you know, she was based in um, sort of like a very a rural area that's mostly white. She said that there was not many people of color who attended her institution, but there were some, but there was no representation uh, on the faculty, people who were not white. So mm-hmm. she wanted to, she, her endeavor was to introduce her students to a uh, faculty of color, other researchers, other scholars who mm-hmm. looked like them or to mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, drive home the point that, you know, there is, you know, diversity in, in this work and there are people, even though they may not be here at this institution, there are people of color who do this work. So, you know, as to encourage them to continue on in their studies. Now, while mm-hmm. this was a noble and worthwhile objective, mm-hmm. she then proceeded to ask me, if the organization had some sort of list or database or directory of people of color that she might be able to reference to identify and invite a a black person to come and speak to her students. Mm. So as I do, as I often do when somebody asks me a stupid question, I repeat back to them what they have said <laughs> in hopes that them hearing what came out of their mouth would help them, you know, you know, really, really come to terms with how ridiculous a request they have made. Mm. So I asked her and I paraphrased her request. I said, so are you you're asking me for some sort of directory of sorts, a catalog Something that of you, niggas. you know, you're asking me for a catalog of people of color. You would like me to give you a list and you feel like our organization compiles a list <laughs> of people of color for you to peruse at your leisure. <laughs> to speak to your to speak to your students. You want me. Your, your, your white walker. Yes, indeed. So she was like. Once I repeated it back to her, she was like, yeah. So, <laughs> so then I knew. I was like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. So my response <laughs> to your question is no. We do oh, not uh, We do not typically, um, you know, I don't have a list. Uh, there's no directory of, of, of white male uh, faculty. There's no, so mm-hmm. there's no direct directory of white women faculty. So there's no directory of, you know, people of color that I might give you. Um, and you know, I, I don't know how you would expect. She was like, so there is really no other way other than just kind of randomly searching the internet or looking at faculty yes, homepages. And I'm doing like, doing no. your own I research. Mean, you could do your own work, or you are actually here at this conference that where where there is literally one thousand other people who do what you do. And I'm looking around this room, and I'm seeing people that who look like me, people who look like you, people who look like. You know, this this is diversity represented in this conference. You could actually approach somebody like a human being. Like, hello, my name is Dr. Robinson. And cultivate a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You could actually speak to people like people and build a rapport and, and, you know, and and explain what you're trying to do and see if someone might be interested or, but you don't come up to me and ask me for a list. You know, we don't have, there's no website uh, where, where all of us are. You know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't have, there is no top 10 list. 
And it's really inappropriate for you talk about the commodification of bodies for you to think. Mm. And you don't know the cost of some, you know, some, what 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 the cost of somebody like me coming to a space that you just said was cold and white. Mm. Coming into a space where you say your students have had no awareness, no introduction. And there are ways for you to integrate, you know, the c- contribution of of persons of diverse backgrounds to your field. There are ways for you to do that without mm-hmm. just parading people of color in front of them. Yep. Like like shiny new horses or something. Ooh. I just I just, you know, and I understand and I and I, you know, this this is just how whiteness operates and this is how people with privilege are blind to the way that their privilege marginalizes others. So I don't feel like this woman came up to me in order to be disrespectful. But, at, you know, once we were in the conversation and she saw the way that I was looking at her and responding to her, she started saying, I realized that this might be inappropriate to ask. Yo, and I say, yes, you? yes, it is. It's absolutely inappropriate for you to ask. It's absolutely inappropriate for you to ask. Because literally put yourself in the opposite position. What if I came to you and said, hello, is there a list of whites that I can look up that might come speak to my dangerous minds? Uh, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Something stupid and outlandish and ridiculous. But do you realize how how dumb this sounds? No, miss. There's not, none, of, none of that is here for you. But my name is Dr. Robinson. You can come up and ask me who I am and what I do. You can go up to every other. If you want a nigga to come speak, then go up to everybody up in this bitch and come ask them what they do. Ask them what you do. Make connections between your work and their work. Yes. Make, make, uh, make a ask. Ask someone in a way that something. Approach someone and, and, and see what ways you might be able to support them. And don't mm. don't just, you know, I want, you know, of course, be, be able to compensate them in ways that make sense. Um, but you know, I don't know, I guess this is something that you come across a lot in, in, in what well, I come across a lot in my work where you, you find people mm. who want these kind of quick fixes and these resource lists and these, these 10 step strategies to address, you know, the, the lack of diversity in their school or tell me what I need to do because students don't, you know, are not graduating from this program. And I mean, the fact that we think that it's such a, such a quick fix it's really insulting. Like you don't really realize, Mm -hmm. like recognize what you're asking me. The fact that in 2019, you can teach and lead at an institution where there are no people of color on your staff. You're telling Mm. me that you don't have any faculty of color on your staff and you asking me to send one there unaware. Right. When you should be asking your institutional leaders, why, what they're, what are they doing Mm. in order to make this place a place where faculty of color want to come and work? And, and it's more, it's deeper than that. And you have, you have the privilege and the power and the access to ask those questions. And I can't, but you still asking me to do your work. And it's That's insulting. It is super insulting. And everyone, and on surface, you know, people, the lady probably meant well, and I'm not saying that she, like I said, I don't think that she was coming intentionally to be out of pocket, but we have to really, 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 um, call out inappropriate dangerous um literally oppressive behavior when it happens Mm -hmm. like literally like come on like this is not you can't just go like she literally wanted to pick pick a black person out of a book yeah she wanted a catalog she wanted to pay them to come 
Literally. This is actually an episode of Random Acts of Flyness. It's just like so much, man. And the it fact is. that this is still happening now, it's just, it's really like, boggling. It's, it's exhausting, which is why I need a regimen of rest. My God. But what's your petty piece, sis? Oh, it's super petty. So <laughs> I was at Home Depot and it was going to be closing in like the next half an hour. So, of course, they reduced down to maybe two checkout lines. Mm-hmm. So the lines were long. You can tell the girl had worked a long shift and she didn't want to be there no more. Okay, fair, whatever. So, you know, I'm, I step up to do my stuff or whatever and I'm putting it down for her to ring up. And Noah's off to my side. She's not in anybody's way. She's not disturbing anything. I'm not one of the people who lets my child just run them up. So, but she's dancing and singing her unicorn song. <laughs> and the girl is looking at her crazy the whole time she's ringing up my items. And I'm getting hot, but I don't say nothing. But I see you staring at my child like she has seven heads. And she's not loud, like I said, or disruptive. She's just literally being a joyful child in a space that is not in anybody else's way. So when I got done, uh, she got done ringing me up. I paid. I got my bags. I was like, come on, Noah, let's go. Because if this lady keeps looking at you crazy, I'm a snap. So she stops and she looks at me and she's like, I didn't look at her crazy. I said, I didn't even say anything to you. Guilty. Hit dog. Listen, my grandma said when you throw a rock at a pack of dogs, the one that is hit (laughs) will holler. Every time. So that's literally what I said to her. She was like, I wasn't looking at her. I said, I didn't even say anything to you, hit dog. I'm talking to my child. <laughs> bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee. I was like, I didn't say nothing to you on this line, and I don't have nothing else to say to you now. And I was like, let's go, Noah. Mm. So that's my petty peeve. Like, first of all, don't look at my child crazy and think I'm not getting ready to notice. notice. And then furthermore, don't play stupid when I call you out for your bullshit, because that's going to piss me off more than what you were doing in the first place. And that's my petty peeve. My, my, my. Well, thank you all (laughs) once again for joining us for another episode of Getting Grown. We really appreciate your consistent support um, and your contributions to our conversation in the community that we're building. We love you down. Amen. We will see you next week. Make sure you continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com, your shout outs and all those good things. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in San Francisco yep. in less than a month. Come see us. And uh, Atlanta the weekend after that. So we're really excited for that. Um, also, there should be some merch announcements coming soon. Mm-hmm. Like for real, for real. So key. Get your Black Friday coins together. Okay, get them together. Mm-hmm. You got merch coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you heard it here. And then also there's still tickets available to the Dopest Dinner Party Atlanta, yep. which is the night before the Friend Zone live featuring Getting Grown Atlanta. So that's December 13th. All information is in the description box. And now, sis, tell them what to do. As always, ladies and gentlemen, continue to uh, mind your business, the business that pays you, the business that belongs to you, and that business alone. Continue Mm. to (laughs) drink your water because, you know, um, water, we're we're comprised of water. Water is the essence of life, and we must continue to drink that. 
Otherwise, yes. we'll be out here looking like Bobby Bearish Ford Brown. Or the lady who asked Kia about the catalog of magical Negroes. Absolutely. And finally, you want to moisturize your skin because the hawk is approaching. And your black <laughs> will crack if it's dry. Bye. Good night. Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, all made up days designed to get you to buy stuff, just like uh, that sibling day on Instagram. <laughs> Have you heard of Sell Your Shit Sunday? It's a day to sell the stuff you don't use anymore, created by Mercari. Mercari is the selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. You just take a few pics, add a description, and boom, your item is listed. Download Mercari and sell your shit today. The day may be made up, but the money is real. That's Mercari. M-E-R-C-A-R-I. Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.